We are your hosts, Sarah Fraser and Sammy Kay. And finally today, we are going to have my mom on the show. I've been telling you this crazy story about how she had a guy living on her property for like three weeks and had no idea. And he was on the run from the law. Isn't she afraid that she's like, that if she talks about this more, she's going to have some, you know, retribution? Uh, I don't think, you know, that's actually a good question we're going to have to ask her. Um, Because two detectives ended up going to her neighbor's house because she wasn't home and telling her about this guy that was living in a truck with a generator on their land. So uh, maybe he doesn't, hopefully he won't put two and two together, but we'll have to ask her about that. Mm -hmm. Um, Comedian Bob Marley is going to be on the podcast. And I'm wondering, I grew up in Maine, and he's probably Maine's most famous comic. Okay. But I'm wondering, have you, had you ever heard of him? No. Okay. Well, in Maine, he is The only reason I know him, because you talk about him. That's the only reason I've ever heard of him. Like, I know the real Bob Marley. You know, Jobin. I know that guy. I know. Well, this one isn't that guy. That guy is not that guy. But my question to him is going to be is why choose Bob Marley as your name? Because that's not his real name. But why that one? Yeah, it is. (laughs) Well, it's the original Bob Marley. No, it's his real name. Isn't his real name Bob Marley? No, I swear. I was Wikipediaing him this morning. We got to ask him. It was Robert Corcoran. Also known as Bob Marley Jr. Robert Corcoran Bob Marley Jr. Okay. I think... So, I, I think you're right in the sense it was Robert Marley, but so he goes with Bob Marley. Well, yeah, because Robert and Bob, that's what you do. I, but I feel like it's an interesting name choice. You either you pick Rob or Bob. Most people pick Bob. Uh, also, a couple other stories we didn't get to yesterday about how some of the most historic um, sightseeing spots, most historic places in history, like including if you go to Gettysburg or Auschwitz, are now going to have virtual reality where you're going to feel everything. Uh-huh. And I want to know, because I'm still on the fence about this. We didn't get to it yesterday, but I want to know how you feel about that. And then also, um, this year's big Christmas gift. I want to see if you have any idea what apparently is the hottest thing. Okay. And again, I never get... I, don't okay. Okay. Um, anyway, what's going on in your world? I want to know what's going on with your world, and then I want to ask you about because uh, I, I think you don't have traditional cable, right? Like you don't have any I've, cable. I have. I mean, I haven't had cable in years. Um, I have friends that have cable, so I hang out at their places, and they sometimes let me watch TV. Okay. Well, we're getting ready apparently to cut the cord, and I'm feeling very nervous about that. at your house. Yes. Well, welcome, Sarah. <laughs> Well, I know you've been doing it, but I feel like I, you probably don't enjoy Bravo's Real Housewives series, and I'm worried that I'm never going to get that again. Oh, no. Guess what? And my life is so miserable because I don't watch Bravo Real Housewives. Well, you probably don't watch any regular TV, I don't right? watch any regular TV, no. I wait till it's on Netflix or if it's like something really cool and I happen to get into it. You can usually pay for them as they go now. You know what CBS I mean? CBS this morning. What am I going to do? I, I get that. I watch that every morning. I'm not going to be able to watch Sarah, that, right? You don't have to pay for that. That's a free channel. Oh, so you still get the basics. You get NBC. Basic cable. Sarah, there's cable, and then there's like you get those five stations, like Fox. You'll get like your local PBS station. You'll get NBC, ABC, and CBS. Well, I'm curious about this because Dan tells me that then we have to get an antenna. You don't have to get an antenna, okay? Dan's just messing with you because he know you'd fall for it. No, you don't have to get an antenna. You have to get a small antenna now. It's not like the old rabbit ears or whatever. But what you do is basically we have a smart TV. We go completely internet. 
Netflix, HBO, Hulu. We apparently can watch all our shows. This is what he tells me. And then we get a small set, a small antenna, like a round antenna, and we'll get our local stations. And I'm like... You don't need to get an antenna. I'm pretty sure you can I just... There's like these little boxes now that you just plug in through, and that's it. And it changes the feed. Because it's digital now. Well, I would be curious uh, to see if that's true, that we actually need an antenna. Because he says that we do. I'm, it may be a little box, but I don't think you're actually going to have like an antenna. He says it's like a round little... It's Right. It's not like your old rabbit ears or whatever, but it is like a small round antenna that you have to have. Okay. Again, I think you're fine. I think you're fine. Okay. Well, I'm getting ready to... But who the play. hell... Like, really? Good Morning America? That's what you're, like, stressed about? Well, CBS This Morning. I watch CBS This Morning almost every morning, and I watch our friends at Fox 5, so I'll watch Good Day DC a fair amount. Um, but yeah, I'm going to miss... I want to be able to get that in the morning. I feel like it keeps me... I enjoy those two shows. I mean, most people, like, I think most people in the city just wake up, they have coffee, walk around. Why don't you go for a nice little walk in the morning, see? I so that way, that. as opposed to, like, seeing your favorite TV people on every day, because that becomes regular to you, you see your favorite barista. And then the lady who's walking her dog, you know, and you're just like, oh, hello, hello, Cindy, hello, Gutrude, or whatever. Gertrude. I don't know. Oh, that's right. I could go get I could go get coffee down the street. See, in that way, you're seeing because I think that people like don't they don't they uh, say that people like those morning news things and like morning radio just because the familiarity. It's not really the information they're getting per se. It's the fact that they're just so familiar that they like to have the same people around every morning when they're waking up. So you could literally transfer that, you know. Like, I have my familiar routine in the morning. Well, oh, my God, I can only – what's yours? No, I mean, I wake up every day. I usually will end up leaving, you know. Like, at this point, it's been my routine for, like, you know, I'll leave, like, whatever party I slept at last night or whatever house I woke up in. I'll leave that. Come home. I stop by Uprising Muffin, grab myself a muffin, go in there, take my dog out to pee. Brisk morning, smoke a doobie, right? Sit out there, get myself a cup of coffee. Usually walk myself, go get myself a cup of coffee. Come back, smoke a cigarette, hang out. And I see the same people every day. So I'm like, what's up, man? Like the construction workers, they I see them. They're my TV routine. Got it, so like, got I it. see the same people every day. I always know I'm going to go there and there's going to be Evelyn selling me a muffin. You know what I mean? There's always going to be people. Boom, same thing, same thing. God, that place is so good. Um, uh, Uprising muffins, oh, their stuff is amazing. So I'm if being... I lived near there, that's true. That would be my routine. And like, look at I see the same lady every morning. She's up the same time I'm walking around. She's always asking me for money. I tell her, nope. <laughs> it's like part of my daily routine. You know, that's like my, she is my Al Roker. You know, she is like my morning. Okay, I need to see them every morning. I love that. She well, is my. I'll start doing, I mean, I might start have to doing that too because apparently we're cutting the cable in my apartment. And it's I'm fine. Like, You'll live. I'm just a little nervous about. Are there like any? Because you know, like any like. Uh, sitcom or any like drama series or most comedy series like they will allow you to actually pay for them as they air you know that right so oh, like if you do it like through amazon so right? like for, through sons of anarchy right when they're yeah. playing that final season i really wanted to see it i just bought the whole season for what 20 bucks okay okay and i got to watch that show as it aired you know so i got to keep up to date with everything that was going on all right so 20 bucks once, twice, maybe three times a year is still cheaper than one month of cable service. Is no, one, that's, that's and that's what I do. Like true. I'll sit there, like I really like you know Archer, so I'll buy the new Archer season. Boom. Okay, it's easy. It's twenty bucks. You know, twenty bucks is still less than what I would pay for cable. Well, I, no, I get it. I, I bought the last season I bought was Julian and Bill season five. I actually just recently bought the Golden Girls season two. <laughs> 
because I was trying to explain to people. Oh, okay, never mind. They're not. No, you have. That's the only one you have to pay for. You have to pay for the Golden Girls. And I recently bought it because I was trying to show people like what I'm really afraid of in America. I was like, guys, look at this. The Golden Girls guessed this, and there's an episode of the Golden Girls in which they deport Mario Lopez. As a child, what? There's an episode of the Get Golden. Of Gr- I swear, and it's like because she was he was like the star pupil for like B. Arthur, and then when she like gets him written about in the in the paper for like having this great essay, boom, INS finds him. Ding 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 ding, and he gets deported. And they this deported is on season two. They deported Golden Mario Girls. Lopez, like a child Mario Lopez. And who gets him back? Rose, Blanche, or the girls all work together? No, so that's the worst part about the episode. I was trying to tell people this isn't a, like he. Like the episode ends with him getting deported, with Mario Lopez being deported, and you go, "No, Mario!" And the and crazy thing is, guess what his name is in the show? Uh, I have no idea. Mario. Okay, <laughs> so it hits even closer to home because you actually feel like the man himself is. You've never seen this episode, Wait, but they didn't do like a to be continued. You know how like the no, Sarah. I trust me. I watched the next episode. I bought the entire season. I watched the next episode immediately because I was like actually That's worried. Terrible. No, he's just the rest of the time. They never bring him back. He is just deported. Okay, that's frightening. Yeah. Oh my god, that is predicting the future. Yeah, I'm telling you. I was like, dude, they're going to start deporting people like Mario Lopez, and we're all screwed here. Oh my god. Well, we'll be the first, I'm sure. Like we've, we've been saying, we'll be broadcasting from Guantanamo Bay. It's Can't coming. wait. <laughs> Number one in Guantanamo. Hey, I want to ask you, why haven't we done the mannequin challenge on this podcast? Why? Because I think you know my answer. Like, you ask me this, and then you already know my answer. I stay... I stay I very care. far away from anything that people's any like. Any trend? No, yeah. If it's a if it's a trend like that, like the bucket challenges, any sort of trend like the mannequin challenge, the 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 well, here, all of those this. dance challenges, I stay far away because I go realize this is literally here for thirty seconds. I'm not gonna waste my time. Like, well, that's the thing. I feel like it's funny because on this show, we are literally. I realized because I've been watching this mannequin challenge now for the past like two or three weeks. We are the only like broadcasting show, maybe with the exception of NPR, that hasn't... They actually may have even joined in the Mannequin Challenge. Isn't that great to know? So Isn't that funny. great to know that yes. we're that, that, that... That's what I try to do. I would rather us be totally... People are like, oh, well, they... Yeah, we don't do that, okay? We're trying to do a different show. We're not trying to give you the basic everyday stuff. Well, there is one challenge out now that I, I did wonder if you would even be a part of this at all. Like, like I thought if you were going to entertain one challenge that you might be a part of the You Name It Challenge, do you know what this is? Uh-uh. Do you want to do you have the audio by the way over there? I can pull it, it up. It's, yeah, pull it up. Okay, so the you name it challenge is one challenge where everyone uh, now is getting involved only for the holidays. But according to this article, if you're not a fan of the mannequin challenge, this is the one challenge that really hasn't gotten popular yet. So if you don't want to join in the mannequin challenge, you can do this one instead, and it only has like a small following. Okay, mm-hmm. and apparently it's all about Shirley Caesar, who was speaking about her favorite turkey dishes. They're also saying that this challenge is only good for like the next week as, as well, Thanksgiving yeah, is next I week. I feel like that's how all of these challenges are. They're only good for a week. And then after that, you can move on. But basically, now people are dancing to the song, the song as it's remixed by the gospel singer Shirley Caesar, where she sings about her favorite foods. Beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chickens, turkey, you name it. Yeah, hold on. Potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, 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 lamb,
But I guess that's my question is... It's supposed to be for people who don't want to be involved in the mannequin challenge. This is your antidote, if you will. What do you think? Yeah, but that's my thing is... All it is is old clips of Martin and old TV shows mixed with her singing. So how would we do this? Because what you're supposed to do is just play that remix song to you dancing. That's the whole Oh, challenge. so then that's it. We're just going to play the song. Ten seconds. Then. Like, basically like a meme, and if Vine still existed, which it's dead, you would do you that. You know what, Sarah? I'll tape you doing this. I'll film you doing this. Well, I brought it up because I know you hate these things, so I would just like, yeah. hey, no. if anyone might be the antidote, will Sammy do it? But he's not going to do but it. But even then, it's like, it's not, It's. I mean, I think it's funny. Did I watch that song last week? Yeah. But I didn't decide I wanted to make a dance video to it. <laughs> no, I just I just think it's funny because every day I get on Snapchat or wherever and everyone's doing the mannequin challenge. And I just think it's funny that we don't do it. No, I'll do the mannequin challenge right now. <laughs> no, but then you got to like film it. And the whole thing of the mannequin challenge is you're in motion. You're doing something. Taking a selfie, hitting the controls on the podcast. Uh, that's your whole ma- your mannequin challenge. You're just sitting there stoic. That's not the mannequin challenge. You're going to have other things going on. People like mid-sentence stopping. Like this. That's the mannequin challenge. You have no idea what my hands are doing down here. <laughs> I love this woman on Instagram, right? It's called By Marla Andrew, if you want to follow her on Instagram. And she's making all these memes of all the struggles that women have and about their relationships. So um, I just started following her, and I really like it. One of them is tug of war from all sides. And this is, like, the thing that she says. These memes are drawings of women or men and women in relationships, and it's all the things that we deal with. And I wondered if this hit home. Uh, this really hit home with me. But okay. one of the ones she recently posted. Is it, like I said, a tug of war of all sides? And it says, um, like, all the things that women feel like they should be doing, right? Back up your hard drive. You should come to SoulCycle with me. You should open an Etsy store. Laundry. Retirement options. Want to start a podcast with me? You should hang some, we should hang some time. Like, all the things that women have. And then they also have ones about relationships, which I really love, about how, like, women are always saying to men, you should be more emotional. Which that one also hit home with me. But... I think we talked about this last week. Like, men don't... No, no no one wants to be emotional. I'm trying to bury that as deep inside of me as possible. I know. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think these memes are great. So if you want to follow her, she's got a really funny one about a couple lying in bed and then um, basically the woman saying how she wishes that her boyfriend was more emotional. And I was like, I can totally relate to that. Um, So if you want to follow her, it's by uh, Mari... Andrew, M-A-R-I, if you want to follow her. Boom. Um, I'm so excited about our next guest. Bob, you can just, like, come up and I'm hang coming. out. Yeah. I like it that you walked in quietly. You don't even need to. I'm here. How are What's you? What's up, man? Good to see Sam, you. Good oh, to see you. I love you. You're, nice like, the most you. famous meaner. Oh, my God. You and Anna Kendrick. Yes, Anna Kendrick is a sweetheart. <laughs> you, I mean, Jeez. I feel like you're more famous than Stephen King now, honestly. The Kinga, Stevie. Have I've, you met Stephen King? I've by met the way? Stephen King a couple times. He's a really nice guy, and uh, you know he's awesome. He's got a, he's got a big. He does a lot for the town of Bangor. <laughs> oh my God! I'm all right. Yeah, sorry, I'm sorry. My God, <laughs> he does a lot for the town of Bangor, Maine, where we grew up in Bangor. I lived there until I was like 11, and he helps the kids and build a. He built a big baseball field there, so it looks like Fenway Park. Oh and really? Yeah, he's awesome. Stephen King's great, and Anna Kendrick is. Have you met? Anna she went Kendrick? to my high school. I haven't, but she mentioned me in a couple articles on, on in the magazines and stuff like that. And I thought that was really sweet. And she's oh, and she's unbelievably talented. They had a thing about Mainers, like who's the funniest Mainers, and they had me in there. And 
Anna Kendrick and whatever else. And I said, um, they, it was on the Twitter, you know. And so I got on the Twitter and I was like, like, oh my God, Anna Kendrick is way more talented and beautiful and funny than I'll ever be. And then she was like, ah, you know, she's super cool. She's a mainer. She tweeted you back. Yeah. Are you from, where are you living? I grew up where? in Wiscasset. Oh, that's beautiful. So, you ever been up that way, uh, No. Where are you from? I am from Iowa. Oh, wow. So Wiscasset is like on the water and there's money up there. And, well, it used to be. Yeah. Now, I mean, now it's not really that great anymore because Maine Yankee closed. Like, now it's like dirt poor. You know, people, it's Yeah. Like, yeah, I grew up in like Portland having, down by Montjoy Hill, you know. Not right down, up Washington Ave, you know, so it, it was a little more sketchy than was Cassett, but we're... <laughs> right. How we're, many years what now? The, wait, hold on. What does sketchy in Maine look like, first Sketchy up? in Maine's yeah. like, you know, a, a flannel that's unbuttoned all the way. Oh, I get it. That's like, you know, like, oh, we got to watch out for that guy. Right. Look yeah. out. Here he comes. <laughs> He's got to... So how many years now have you been a comedian? Um, in May, it'll be 25. 25 years. Yeah, 25 years. I started, I'm 49. I started when I was 24. So, wow. And uh, I did it in college. I did it at UMaine Farmington up there. <laughs> the Beavers. Go, Beavers. I don't know why I keep leaning into this. Go, Beavers. Um, yeah, I was a health major in college and they had a, um, they wanted to do a night for stress relief and they were like, we should do a comedy show. That'd be good, wouldn't it, fellas? And so, they said, you're funny, you should get up there and talk. So I went up and talked about the professors and all the you know people that work at the school. And um, and it went really great. And I was like, oh, I, lo- I really like this. I always would watch comedy as a kid and stuff. And then in between my junior year and senior year, in the summer, I went around and did a bunch of open mics at different bars and stuff in, wow. in the old port in Portland. And like people like getting hammered, just staring uh-huh. at me going, what's he doing? And then I just kept going. And... Then after I graduated, I moved to Boston for three years and then Los Angeles for 11. Wow. And, uh, How is moving to L.A. as a Mainer going out? Because it, it's I, awesome. You feel like a Beverly Hillbilly. You know, you <laughs> really you show up and you're like, I wow, this is great. And we just got married, my wife and I, and then we moved out there and it was awesome. We we had a great a lot of people think badly of Los Angeles. They're like, oh, it's, they're superficial, and they're not. They're not. They're, we, we had tons of good friends and, you know, met a ton of nice people. But then we started having kids, and we both are from Maine. Yeah. So when when the, my daughter was born, she was about three, and then we had a, a, my first son. And where I was like, eh. I, I, we went home for the summer, and that we were home for like five or six weeks, and we had bought a house back there just to like hang out in summer and the winter and stuff and then I was like we went home for the summer and we were up at the lake and I'm out riding around on a jet ski with my three year old and she's like this is so much fun dad I love the Maine she would call it the Maine <laughs> the Maine the Maine is so much fun it's so much fun and I was like I told my wife I go I just don't want to be so preoccupied with show business right you know because I was in LA and I was I had nine development deals in a row for my own TV show they would come to see me at a club, and they would go, oh, that should be a show, because I talk about my wife and my parents and my kids, and they're like, that should be a show. This is, I'm talking 96 to, like, 2003 or four, when sitcoms were huge, mm-hmm. you know? And um, so they would pay you, and they would hold you. And So whatever happened with that? Did you ever have nothing. a sitcom? I, so the first deal I, I got with Quincy Jones, who could oh, not wow. be a nicer guy, and uh, David Saltzman, who... They developed uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and Mad TV and all that stuff. 
And I was like, this is great. I'm going to be on TV. There's no way I'm not going to be on TV. I have a deal to right. have a show. Yeah. But what I didn't realize is, like, everything has to line up. Like, you have to have the right director, the right producers, the right actors, and then the studio and the network have to want to do it. And so it's very, very difficult. Like, I look at a guy like Seinfeld, and I'm like, that guy's very, very talented. And he's very funny, but he's also very lucky. Really? And I'm not saying yeah. he didn't get that because he wasn't good. He's very good. But, I mean, it, you know, there's a lot was of... That, was that super disappointing? No, because I, I, I was able to have enough... Uh, I could step outside of myself and go, Dummy, you're lucky just to be here. Don't be... Really? Oh, yeah. I would step out... I would, I'd be on Sunset Strip and I'd see my name on the sign of the Lab Factory mm-hmm. and I'd be like, oh, my God. I'm a comedian and I'm working on Sunset Strip, like where Richard Breyer did his specials. And yeah. like, this is unbelievable. I'm in the game. And so I was actually conscious enough to be thankful. And so I kept getting these deals and I kept telling my wife, I go, I don't think this is going to no. work out. I don't know how that you. So, so what they do is they sign you mm-hmm. and they hold you for a year. And then they come see your show and they go, that should be a show. That's funny mm. he's from maine he's fish out of water he lives in la or whatever that was the first inception and then and then you start going to meetings yeah and then you start talking to people and they're <laughs> like maybe you're not from maine <laughs> i'm like okay and they're like maybe you're from new york you're single you're not married and, uh, uh, and i'm like oh okay 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 you slowly start to re- <laughs> you slowly start to realize yeah this is not you know but then you keep signing up with different networks, different studios, and you think, okay. But I never ended up shooting a pilot. It never got to that point. So I was doing tons of stand-up on TV, all the late-night shows. and Right. I did, oh, my God, I don't even know, probably 100 TV shows over those years, like with different, mm-hmm. you know, uh, basically every single late-night show and then some movies. And, um, and, and then, but then you get to a point where you realize, I, I, I think I just want to be a comedian. Really? Like, like I'm, That's amazing, Bob. I feel like most people would want the fame and would keep... Well, there was a period where I got out there, and I, I, I remember getting there, and, and um, I got a beer commercial like right away for a Keystone Light. Bitter Beer Face. Remember those commercials? Oh, bitter, yeah, the Bitter Beer, beer Face. face. So I went for tongue. one audition, and a second night in L.A., and I got the commercial. I had no idea what I was doing. And I'll tell you a story about that in a second, but... but uh, so I was getting stuff, and I was like, wow, this is great. I, and then you get a little bit hungry for it, and you're like, oh, right. my God. Then I did the Boondock Saints movies, and I was like, that's Willem awesome. Dafoe and Billy Connolly and, and you know, Norm Reedus from The Walking Dead. And I remember thinking, yeah, I want to do more. I want to be more famous and th- bigger and better and all this other stuff. And then you realize, okay, well, I really don't have control over that, and, and, and I'm not really an actor anyway, but I am a comedian, and I really want to comedian. Um, <laughs> Which is the verb, I believe, for yes. Yeah, yeah. And so when you're living in Los Angeles wow. and you're performing stand-up every night in L.A., you're kind of stifled because constantly there's people coming in the room and you never know who they are. So you're not really working on something. You're kind of bringing what you have developed to Los Angeles and then do performing it in hopes that someone will like what you've developed. So you're not... To try to develop in Los Angeles is really, really difficult, you wow. know, because you're, you know, you're, yeah. you're, under, you're under a microscope all the time. And then you're thinking, you know, you walk out of the room and then five guys walk up and you go, oh, the, the people from ABC were here. And you're like, oh, God, I just did eight minutes of new stuff. And it was like, mm, you know, but you're trying to work on on your act, trying to be a comedian, you know. So. Wow. So anyway, we decided um, 
about 10 or 11 years ago to move back to Maine when my second, my first son was born. And it's been great. I always tell people the two best things I ever did was move to Los Angeles and then move back. Wow. So, so but, you're making a majority of your time on the road then now, right? No, I go. You know, it's really crazy because we've built like this Jimmy Buffett type following in New England. I, I see you every holiday, every Christmas oh. in the uh, main mall. Oh, yeah. And he's got his own kiosk. Yeah, yeah. With like all Bob Marley stuff and people like obsessed with This would be with the you. first year we're not doing that because my mom. What? Uh, people in Maine are going to riot. Well, my mom actually used to run it and she broke her back and both her hips this year. Oh. Like a. a I know it sounds like a misery movie or something, but <laughs> she um, she's been laid up, so we're actually not going to do that this year. But um, uh, so so anyway, we built this really good following in New England, and we have like a lot of fun. And um, so I'm only on the road like eight or nine weeks a year because mm-hmm. I'm like I'm not going to go home to say I want to go home and be with the kids and then go on the road go on the road again. Yeah, so we're super fortunate because we just. You know, in New England's tons of like little theaters everywhere. Yeah. So, so that's kind of what we do. We do. We have a touring schedule that we do, and then I go on the road eight or nine weeks a year. And are there any cities that like you just think are complete shit, like you won't go to anymore? Uh, around the country, yeah, or in New <laughs> England too. There's, um, there's, <laughs> yeah, what about? I don't want to say the cities are shit, but there, there's there's definitely formulas where you go to a comedy club and you're like, hmm. You know, if you if you never meet any owner or anybody has a stake in it, you mm-hmm. never meet that person. Or, like, there's absolutely no way to promote if they don't have good social media, or there's no great radio station, or there's no way to develop yourself in that market. You kind of wash your hands. It's not really a lot I can do because I'm not super famous. I just all I can I have to go in three or four times and really make them yeah. laugh and build the audience up, and then. They kind of keep coming, but I've got wow. you know ten or twelve markets that do really really well for me outside the U.S. And I mean, and I'm 49. I'm going to be 50 in April. So the question is, is like, how much longer do you go anyway? I mean, my wife's like, what are you going to retire from? You just sit on a stool and tell jokes. It's not like, <laughs> and I'm like, said the girl that likes to go shopping at Anthropology, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so. Um, so I, I don't know. Who knows? You know, uh, I love it though. It's fun. It's a blast. Oh my god, I it, bet it's a it's a great job, and you never think you're going to end up doing it. And in, you know. so, in light of this political climate, I mean, I've seen your show a couple of times, yeah. um, and you're not usually really political. No, but I'm not. Are you nervous uh, coming to, especially a city like DC? I feel like where people right now are so well. I had tons of people like I said, I'm in DC. I would put a tweet out or something. And they're like, oh, you're going to have a field day with that, and I'm like, no, I'm not really. My feeling is like, you know, I'm pretty lowbrow. I'm pretty sophomoric. If you don't get me, you don't get much. So, like, <laughs> I'm going to come up here to talk about, like, recently my sister had what she thought was a health scare. Okay. She calls me up. She goes, buddy, it's freaking uh, Breast Awareness Month. And I go, okay, well, I think there's something else in there. <laughs> I think it's Breast Cancer Awareness. It's yeah. not Breast Awareness Month. <laughs> so she goes, yeah, so... She goes, I'm wicked freaked out because I was giving myself a self-exam. And I go, okay, it's, it's border. It's my sister. Yeah. She's Irish. She's from Maine. She's like, you know, I bring sure. her into a bar fight. So it's like, <laughs> so like right now it's a, it's bordering on a little uncomfortable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She goes, yeah, yeah, you, you know what I mean. I go, yeah, no, I know what you mean. And she goes, yeah. So I just like always just like, blah, 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 blah. and I go, whoa, 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 whoa. What was this? What was that? 
She goes, I just kind of like inspect it. That's what she, the noise she made. Well, that makes sense. I mean, and I go, okay. And I'm on the other side going, I got my ears plugged. I'm like, I don't want to. Anyway, she goes, I found a lump. And I go, that's horrible. I go, call me right away. She goes, I'm going in there on Wednesday. This is Monday. So she goes in and she goes, okay. So who's an idiot? She goes, I guess I am. I go, what happened? She goes, I went in, I took my bra off, and a dog treat fell out. <laughs> what? I go, what? So you're not ill? You have a snossage on your boob? <laughs> That's great. That's great news. So I t- Yes, exactly. Yeah. So she's fine. But I tell the audience about this, and they laugh, and everyone thinks it's great. So my point is, getting back to uh, being a Are you commentary yeah. a pundit of sorts, I can't tell the audience that story. My sister has a snossage on her boob. And then stand up there and start spouting off about politics. Like, like, because people in the audience, like, again, I'm able to step outside of myself and see what they see. And I see that they look at me and go, what is this idiot? (laughs) You know, he just spent four minutes talking about his snossage on his sister's boob. Now he's telling me who to vote for. It's like you have to be conscious of what of you're... Of what you are. Yeah, and I'm, always, I'm Irish Catholic, so I always feel like an obligation to the audience to provide them... They paid for a comedy show. Let's make them laugh. Don't piss them off on purpose. Right. Don't go up and... Because, you know, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like you got to have a, a... As a performer, if you stand up there and just spout off for hours or, or whatever... <clears throat> If you're a political comedian, that's one thing, because that's your whole act. Then you probably right. salivate every four years and go, I can't wait. This is going to be great. But I don't do that. So for me to go up and spout off for five minutes and dig myself a hole, yeah, either way. it doesn't help. Because you immediately divide the audience, no matter which way they... Which way they go. Yeah. You know, so I might do... Like I, my mother said, this is the worst it's ever been, Bobby. I've never seen it like this. I can't... <laughs> I don't know why... The candidates are just not great. And I was like, I think it's because it's a horrible job that they're applying for. She goes, what do you mean? And I go, if someone told you you could be the leader of the free world and basically run everything. Uh. And only 20 people applied. <laughs> there were 17 Republicans and three Democrats. Only 20 people applied to run the whole world. That's a horrible job. That's a horrible job, yeah. Put it this way. She goes, what do you mean? I go, Mom, if you get hired to be president, the next day, half the people in the United States hate you. Like, that yeah, would be like... true. Yeah, yeah that would be like if you worked in a toll booth and every other car pulled up and went, I hate you. <laughs> then the next car came up with, really like what you're doing. Great job. And the next car was like, suck it. You know? So, that would be rough. It would be super rough. So I might do jokes like that, maybe, but I don't get involved with it just because it's just... I, it's hard to win, yeah. It's hard to, like you said... Not even... I don't, I, don't want, I don't have that gene in me to convince them. Right. You know, uh, I don't have that litigious... Uh, you know, I, I'm not a litigator. I don't feel like I need to go up and prove that. You know what I mean? Um, I feel more like... Uh, like I, I would just feel kind of like a, an a-hole... I just yeah. feel. I just feel like I, I get why people do it. That's the, people are different. But for me, I, the way I was raised, it's like God. Oh, don't talk about that. That's just uh, why are you doing Stick that? Stick with what you know, Bob. And totally. also, I, I can that. tell you this: as a DC resident, every comedian shows up here and they feel like this is their chance to talk politics. Yeah. When that's the last goddamn thing we want to hear, right. anyways. You right. know what I mean? That is true. I'm Especially, not, we don't even have representation, so it doesn't even matter. It's not us that's voting. It's right. someone in Iowa, Montana. Like, right. And for me, it's like I I've, I don't have problems with other people doing it as much because that might be might suit them better. Right. But like when I 
if, if I can step outside of myself and look at myself on stage, I, as a smart enough person, can look at myself and go, no, you shouldn't be <laughs> talking now. about politics. You're, you're, you know, an idiot. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm happy, but I'm, I know what I do on stage, and I'm just, like, up there to have fun and, you know. Well, so. you were terrific. You were here all weekend at the Improv. Yes. People can get tickets, dcimprov.com. Yes, go to dcimprov.com or bmarley.com or get me on Facebook and Twitter, uh, Bob Marley Comedy. You're great. You Thank really you. Are, you're so funny in Maine. Uh, you have one of my favorite jokes, which is about L.A., which is about Lewiston Auburn, which is yeah. kind of this... Uh, it's happening here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's an interesting part of Maine. But it's a it's, bit of a rundown uh, city, and their is. slogan is, it's happening here. Uh, <laughs> it's I, I really should, not. It should be, what happened here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Thank you so much for Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. All right. Bye, be well. Bye. Thank Bye, guys. You. Oh my God! Now we gotta call. We we're gonna call my mom. And oh, have a, now we're gonna get Mainer on. So I'm, many Mainers today. I'm stepping out. I'm over oh, yeah. the cords. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't wanna. All right. Yeah, I don't mind the cords. Extension cords, you know. <laughs> gotta don't get the stuff plugged those in. Those cords. Um, so I told you guys earlier this week we finally got a phone line. By the way, so you can leave opinions. I want you to. Do you have the voice messages up? Yeah. Um, the phone line is 207-613-6695. So if you don't feel like leaving an email address, you can, or if you don't feel like emailing us or hitting us up on social media, you can always leave that. And so we got some interesting phone calls um, so far this week. So I wanted to play a couple of them back. Do you have it? Mm-hmm. Um, hey, Sammy and Sarah. Uh, this is Alonzo, and I'm wishing you two the very best. Um, oh, thanks, I just have always wondered, what was it like? My question for both of you is this: as young adults, like in your late, Alonzo? what the hell has happened, Alonzo? Alonzo? This is like, don't look at me. It was like the most gripping um, part. Teens and early twenties, maybe up to twenty-five. Um, what was the one thing that got you that got you through school or through those many jobs that you may have had? over the course of that time of your life where, you know, it, it's all about trying to get what you need, get a little bit of money, trying to establish yourself and know where to go. Like, what was something, what was a piece of advice or an activity that you, either of you, either of you did that got you through that tough, that got you through that tough time? And thank you for Facebook love. From you, Sarah. Bye. Peace. Bye, Alonzo. Peace. So, do you want to give your advice? Like, well, everyone knows what my advice is. That's dumb. They want to hear your advice. Uh, oh, you don't want to go first? Everyone knows what my advice is. Which, I don't like, even well, remember. What got what you through it? your early 20s? What got you through? Dude, fucking marijuana. Oh. <laughs> Duh. Everyone already knew that beforehand. It's I, your like, only advice. I literally heard that question. I rolled my eyes. I was like, everyone knows my answer. <laughs> I didn't know that that was the only thing. I thought you were going to say uh, take opportunities because, you know, you were in college, you were almost finished, you get this great opportunity. Today's not a good day for me to tell people to take opportunities, you know what I mean? (laughs) I'm just not really feeling opportunities today. Okay, well, there you go. Yeah, smoke some weed. It always deals shit. It's always good. Well, my advice would be, I mean, that's what I thought Sammy was going to say, take opportunities. But I think in your early 20s, when things seem like they're not coming together, that's like a great part of your life to sort of be exploring what you want to do. And I feel like... I don't know how you feel, but I feel like things always do get better. And the older you get, the clearer you get about what you want. And I know lots of times you're working a job or like I was always just really depressed when I was in college because it was a liberal arts school that I didn't, 
really want to be at. I wanted to be doing radio or TV or something entertaining. Mm -hmm. But I think if you can always look at things as temporary, that it will pass, like things will change, that to me always really made a big difference. So I know that things might seem tough now, but like they always get better in the future. And I think it's just, you know, we all work jobs that like sucked. And I think you have to, I always say to people, you have to save money. You have to be financially independent. That's got to be the, the first thing. Because if you have that freedom, then it can create other opportunities down the road. That's a lot to remember. Mine was just smoke some weed. That well, was... that's why we got a podcast. You can always play okay. it back. Um, so anyway, you can always call us, 207-613-6695. Alonzo, I hope that helps. I know exactly who you are. You hit us up on Facebook. Do you Facebook want the other messages? No, it's fine, because we got to talk um, virtual reality, and then we got to get my mom on Are you on sure? I know why you don't want me to play this message. Oh, well, because you're no, being biased, Sarah. You're being biased about this message. It's about millennials, apparently. This lady's this... calling you old. This person's calling yeah, you old. Yeah, we'll play it. Hey, Sarah, Sammy, this is Jillian. Um, I was just calling because I really need to tell Sarah that you are not a millennial. Um, <laughs> every time you say that, I really want to be like, Sarah, you're not a millennial. Sammy's <laughs> one. But sorry, Sarah, you're a Gen Xer, um, which is great. But I just wanted to let you know that you're not a millennial. Okay, bye. What is the age range? <laughs> well, thank you, Julia. God, what that's is... so funny. This is exactly what we thought was going to happen on this. Age rage for a millennial. I have news for you. Under Wikipedia's rules, I qualify as a millennial. Yeah, but you're barely a millennial. Hold on. I've been with the thing. Okay, so here's what my How old are you right Wikipedia now? When is your birthday? 34, 82. So it says that millennials... We're born from 1982 to 2000. You are literally on the cusp. You're in that one year that, hold on. But doesn't that still count? No, that's not right. Age range and demographic. Hold on. Hold on, I'm finding out. Okay, what are the age ranges? Because on Wikipedia, it says that you are from 82. uh, Millennials are born between 1982 and 2004. Is that what you're finding? You tell me. Ending, what, okay, hold on. What year were you born? 1982. Gen Xers. Okay. Early to mid-60s, ending birth years from early 1980s. See, you are. That's some That's some Gen Xer who wrote that millennial one, and they definitely lied on that, Sarah. Okay, You're a Gen Xer. Pew Research. Pew Research says that millennials are between the ages of 18 and 34. All right, you have to choose. In 2005. You have to choose. Or, Whitney Houston. Or Stevie Nicks. Who do you think is better? Oh, my God. Well, actually, that's really hard. No. Who, who, be honest. But Stevie Nicks would be my favorite. Ding, ding, ding. Gen Xer right there. You're a Gen Xer, Sarah. All that's right. it. Well, so, I, I've been saying millennial forever because I read that it's 1982, that I'm like the last, like you said, on the cusp. But that's not, like, that's, but when you're on the cusp like that, that means you're not really, you're probably more, you're more like a mix. So you may have some leanings towards millennials, but you are a Gen Xer. Well, I mean, I guess, okay. God. I mean, whatever. What a buzzkill, huh? Not really. Sarah, I think you're a millennial. In my eyes, you're a millennial. Uh, I feel like, I don't know. I guess it's just what you Google. It doesn't matter to me. Well, no, what they're saying is it's like, uh, they're saying like there's like that gray area, right? So you're technically in the gray area, you know? You're a Gen X millennial. All right. Well, I'll take that. I'll yeah. take the Gen X millennial. You're a Gen X millennial right, because Julian, you're. I'll go with that. You think about, you know, what they say, Generation X ends in 1982, but millennials begin in 1982. 
And so, you know, so you're literally that one year that you're oh, that right on that line? cusp, Sarah. You're, that's what I'm saying. That's okay. Well, you can call us anytime and leave your messages, and you can correct me if, if I think I'm a millennial, but I'm not. So there you go. I'm, I'm kind of right on the borderline. Uh, Shopkins are supposed to be the hot item this Christmas. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of these. Have you? Shop? Shopkins are a toy that is expected to be a hot seller this year. Uh, their tiny plastic characters are part of, a, of an explosively growing line of toys, which can perhaps be best described as personified versions of items you find at the grocery store or mall, like miniature pastries and mini high heels. So we're teaching the, 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 the little girls of America that they should focus on shopping and cooking? Yes, they're, they're selling the best, according to, so far, Amazon.com, a 12-pack of Shopkins is one of the hottest items that's already being ordered for the Christmas holiday season. Um, it wow. rivals It rivals, apparently, toy crazes like the Cabbage Patch Kids and Tickle Me Elmo. Oh, my God. Apple Pie Alice, Cinnamon Sally. There's someone called Peppa Mint. What do you do with them, though? You just play with them like oh, Legos? Donut Tina. So they're based off of foods? Oh, that's okay. Yeah. That's fine. Though. They're just based off of foods. I thought it was literally like it was going to be like an actual little pastry that that's what the girls play with. But it's like a character who just happens uh-huh. to like it all. So like Bubbleisha clearly likes things with bubbles, and she get herself in sticky situations in the kitchen. Oh wait, never mind. They're talking about the kitchen. God damn. <laughs> oh my god. And Jessica Cake is always cooking up treats as a piece of cake for this stylish chef. Damn. Shopkins are going to be hot this ho- this holiday season, so oh. if you're already buying them for your kid, you're ahead of the game. Oh, they do have Iris the Icing Sugar, Kara the Carrot Cake. Oh, there's also Karen the Carrot. I guess they're, and you just play with them apparently like you'd play with a small Lego. I mean, I don't really know what you do with them. But no. Collector's items? Is this going to be like the new Beanie Babies? That's what they're saying. It's kind of like a new Beanie Baby there's that people be a collect l- them. There's going to be a lot of storage units in Florida with a lot of them in the next few years. <laughs> well, they'll have limited edition. They might be worth something. Sure. Uh, really quickly, how do you feel about virtual reality? We kind of set to talk about this story yesterday, but one of the places that is thinking about now having virtual reality headsets that you would wear when you show up there is Auschwitz, where you would actually feel and experience what happened to people. You think this is a good idea yes. or too much? Absolutely. No, this is when I... Uh, first saw virtual reality that was the first question i asked was when are you going to be able to just to put it on and like be at a museum or be walking through the streets of venice or be you know exploring riding a train through you know the countryside of india like but when you- will you offer that and they were like oh that's already coming that's already happening to a lot of places that they're actually offering virtual reality tours so you can either a be there and they go it'll be like one of two things so you could actually be in a certain like historical area okay. right so you would be like an old, you'd be like at the Bastille, right? Where they like did all the guillotine stuff in Paris. Okay. okay. And then you'd put on the virtual reality there. And when you're walking around, it would transform it into an old civilization. So it looked like Paris back then. You know, so when you walked up and you actually touched the, you would actually be touching the monument. It would be there, but it would look, you know. Or they're saying you could even be in your own house and you could sit there and say, oh, I want to be at the, you know, at the Louvre in Paris. Or I want to be at some, you know, at another gallery somewhere. And you literally just load it, boom, and you can walk through, see it, check it out. Like, that's amazing. To me, that is, that's the future. Do you think, because the whole idea is advocates for this say that it will evoke more empathy and influence decision-making. They're actually hoping by using this that we can prevent atrocities in the future if people can really walk in the same shoes if you as have people. To I think sit, that's true. If you walk through, like, and it's just a bunch of empty, you know, a bunch of empty, like... 
areas. I've never been to Auschwitz. Have you been to Auschwitz? No, I've never been to Auschwitz. But like, if it's just a bunch of different, like, empty places, it's not going to be as powerful as when you put on the mask and you realize that those little containers, the little areas, housed hundreds of people, thousands of people. You know what I mean? They're also saying that police officers are now going to be trained in it for sexual assault to have better understanding of what it's like to be a victim of sexual assault. They're, assault. They're saying more and more of these are coming. I just wonder. Here's my thing, and I've never done virtual reality. So you cool. said you have. So cool. Do you? But don't you still go? Oh, hey, well, it's not real. Sarah, like, that's my only no, thing. Because that's what it does. It deprives you of your senses, okay? So ah. the whole idea what keeps you... The reason that you play a video game, right, and you don't think it's real is because you physically can literally flick your eye to the left or the right, look in your periphery, and that TV screen is no longer there. That world is no longer there, okay? You have sounds coming from outside, right? But now you put on headphones so you can't hear anything but what it's playing for you, and you have these goggles that block out everything except for what you're seeing, and then you become and so you would, immersed in it, you I'm feel telling like you, you're... When in. I did it, I did, like, one that was, like, an aquarium. Like, it was, like, deep sea. And you actually got to go. And, I mean, it was crazy. You felt like you were going through. You were moving. Another one, we were at a shooting range. Like, I literally thought I was shooting guns. Okay, I see. I really want to do it and see what it's like. But they're saying it could be a game changer for police forces. And now when you go to historical sites, which I think would be... I mean, that'd be pretty amazing to see what that's like. So it's coming. Uh, okay, I want to end the show because we're almost done. Calling my mom to find out about this guy. We've been talking about this story for weeks, but my mom apparently has been too busy to call She's too us. busy dickering around. <laughs> yeah. Do you, hold on. You want me to find her number? Uh, yeah. Okay. All right, there's her cell number. Uh, and I want to get her on the phone and find out if this guy has contacted her since he's been arrested off Do the property. Do you really want to know if your mom has been contacted? Yeah, I'm not. I don't really think that this guy. This guy was living out of a truck in the woods with a generator. I don't think the man has internet access. Are you sure? Because <laughs> pretty, I don't know if you noticed, but I'm Sprint sure. Sprint offers one percent less service for like half the price of Verizon right now. So. <laughs> I'm Anyone could have it, Sarah. Anyone could have it. I'm going to go with this guy who doesn't have it. All right. Let's see. Is your mom going to bail on you again? Probably. Hello? Hey, oh. Mom. Hello? Can you hear us? Oh, yeah. Hi. <laughs> How are you I doing? Can. Mom, it's about time you're on this podcast. We've been trying to get a hold of you for weeks. Hey, I'm a busy woman. What can I say? Uh-huh. I am right out straight. Uh, clearly so out straight. Mom, we wanted to find out about this guy that was, like, living on your property, on part of your property for, like, three weeks, and you had no idea. No, I didn't. None of us did. Our neighbors didn't. None of us knew. None of us knew until an undercover cop told our neighbor uh, that he'd been living there for three weeks in a truck with a generator hooked up to the truck. And it's a path that we often walk up, but because of the kicks and stuff, we haven't gone up. So, uh, yeah, they said he was there for three weeks, and they kind of surrounded him from our our land and our neighbor's land, but he, he got away. So, Oh, wait, so he's, he, got, he got away. What? He got away? Okay. Yep. He got away. <laughs> he probably got word that they were on their way up to pick him up. I don't know. Because they confiscated the truck and the generator and everything in it. But no him. He was gone. Uh, he was gone. But, Mom, I thought that the update, he has been arrested, right? Yeah, he, he had been. Yeah, he had a little, he had a record, a little bit of a record. 
It was like theft. <laughs> so she's saying he I mean, had like... been arrested, but currently he is still on the lam. Mom, are you worried he could be hiding out in your barn or cellar? I mean... Oh, no, 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 no. I don't think he was that bad, you know. I, uh, no, I don't think he was that bad. He, no, they found him. They actually ended up arresting him down, which is kind of funny, really, because his parents were down in Waldeboro. Oh, in Waldeboro. He had broken into a house. He'd broken into a house down around Waldeboro, and he was living in that house. Okay. And I guess it sounds like it wasn't too far from where his parents were. So he'd been camping out in that house for who knows how long, but they caught him. They so, caught him, and, uh, and it was, but what he had done, what he got arrested for, too, he had grown, he had marijuana. I don't know if he grew it or whatever, but the police confiscated that a while back. Oh, Maybe that's BS. That. <laughs> so what he did is he went around in Waldeboro and, and he slashed 25 ties. He slashed their ties, including the police. Oh. He went to the police station, flashed all that tires. Well, that's what you get for taking the right. Hold on, Alicia, can yeah. I say something? I feel that you guys are actually falsely accusing this gentleman, okay? <laughs> I don't know when the last time you smoked marijuana was, but the last thing you want to do is go around and slash 25 tires. You may want to eat 25 bags of chips, but 25 yeah. tires is way too much effort for someone who's high. But they'd already taken his weed. That's why. He was, like, he was upset. He was frustrated. He couldn't smoke and relax. Well, then they see, keep leave the man his weed. You would have had your tires. Oh, my God. And he probably, once he stopped smoking weed, realized what happened. So he was going to get revenge mm-hmm. and flash their tires. Keep them high. Mom, do you? And I guess he, he broke he broke it into a couple houses and taken some stuff, you know. But he wasn't. I think his ex-wife, he, he broken into her house, he, that type of stuff. I mean, he wasn't a murderer or anything like that. You know, he just was living high yeah. off the land. Exactly. <laughs> Mom, has it made you feel like maybe you need to be more vigilant about what's going on around you, or not really? No, not really. No, I mean, all this, no, not really. <laughs> oh, okay. Do you have any guard goats or, like, you know, a guard <laughs> cock or something like that <laughs> that'll help you keep protect you? <laughs> No, we got two kittens, two cats. Okay. No, well, well, that's <laughs> great. Okay. Oh, my God, Mama. We had to hear that story from you. All right. We wanted to check in with you. Everything else good? Everything else is great. Okay. All right. Well, thanks, Mom, for being on the podcast. We'll have you on again. We just wanted to get to the bottom of it. And just, you know, check around your house, maybe. Oh, no, they're, they're fine. Everybody's fine. Everybody's fine. Everybody's fine. All right, Mom, bye. We love you. Bye. 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 Oh, my God. All right, that's it. That's it? I had to hear that. Yes, I don't, I mean, it's just so crazy what goes on up there. Anyway, um, okay, if you want to email us, it's Sarah at HeyFrage.com, Sammy K at HeyFrage.com. You can follow us on social media under the Sammy K and at under HeyFrage. Bye, everybody. Ciao. Sarah Frazier, Sammy K. 